0: Alhamdulillah, 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 Nahmaduhu, Wanastainuhu, Wanastafiruhu, Wanutminubihi, Wanatabakaluale. Wana Udubilahim in Shururi and Fusina, Women say Ati Amalina, Mayak de Hilla, who fellamudilla, my Yudlil who fellah had the Allah. Wana Shaduella, Ilaha illallah, Wana Shaduana Mohammedan Abu Hu, or Sulu. وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليماً كثيراً كثيراً أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا صبروا وصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله عليه beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. (laughs) (laughs) Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. (laughs) (laughs) We seek His help, (laughs) we seek His forgiveness, (laughs) we believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And you and I know that whomever Allah guides, none can misguide, and whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. And we bear witness, there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and many more, and many more. And my beloved brothers and sisters, it's fun looking at you standing, sitting in complete exhaustion because we are in that phase, mashallah, of Ramadan. And on top of that, mashallah, we have the heat and the sun and the very, very, very long fasts and the very, very busy schedule that we have, as is the case in this period of Ramadan. And I'm going to remind you of what is spoken of at some point in a Jummah khutbah related to every single Ramadan, perhaps going back to the entire history of fasting, that there is a narration attributed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, in terms of authenticity is actually weak, meaning we cannot prove that the Prophet, peace be upon him, said this. But all of you have have surely heard of it many times, and I'm paraphrasing that there are three phases in Ramadan. The first ten days are the period of Rahmah, the second ten days are the period of Maghfirah, and the third period the last part are the when the gates of paradise are open to you and what are we saying here that as every one of us knows ramadan is a very unique experience and there isn't much i can share with you that i haven't that you haven't already heard many times but try to bask in the uniqueness of this time of our year right where things shift In terms of energy, where things shift in terms of activity as well as relaxation, where things shift in terms of our consciousness. And as we've said many times, this is our boot camp. Every different tradition has fasting. Nobody else has Ramadan. And when I speak about Ramadan, I'm speaking of this intense one-month period of fasting. Even the name Ramadan means intense heat. This is what this is for you and I. And then what also happens as we're completing this first phase, the phase of Rahmah, and this applies to me especially if I'm fasting, but it also applies to me if I'm not fasting. As you all know, shaitan is locked up. There's difference of opinion if all of the shaitans are locked up. There's unanimity of opinion that iblis, a regime, is locked up. And then what people take from there is that, okay, if the chief is gone, then everyone else doesn't know what to do. And as you and I know that whatever it is I'm thinking, I'm feeling, has no interruption or no exasperation from shaitan. What is his one technique? His one technique is waswasa, in translation, whispering. But what is this? All he has is this, this technique of just whispering ideas into you. Imagine he is throwing a thousand ideas at you non-stop, negative ideas, bad ideas, wrong ideas, hoping that just one sticks, and then you start thinking about it. That's the only tool he has. But now, at this period, when we call this a period of rahma, one aspect of this is that we're weaning off the influence of shaitan upon us. Meaning, the person that I am Half an hour after Ramadan begins where Shaitan is locked up, I'm still going through the same, for lack of a better way to describe it, neural pathways, the same way of thinking as I did an hour before Ramadan began. But now we are about a week into it. So what I'm saying is you're seeing more and more of your authentic self. And what else is taking place if you are fasting? And this also gets even further exasperated if you're not only fasting, but you're also doing tarawi, taravi in the evening, and/or you're doing matters related to the house or matters related to additional efforts putting in that you're putting in related to Ramadan. And what is common among all of these is depletion, exhaustion. Okay? Meaning not only are you seeing more of yourself because shaitan is not there to influence you, but you're also seeing more of the real you because you're too exhausted to give in any airs. You're, get, you're too exhausted to give any fronts. You're too exhausted to give any facade. Meaning, when you and I interact with each other, we're giving only the highlights of our personality to each other. Right? There's an other. there's a behavior that you do on campus. There's a behavior you do with a professor, a professor does with a student, that's different than the behavior you do with each other, right? When you're with each other, you're a bit more informal. But when you're this far into Ramadan and all the things that go with Ramadan, you're too exhausted to do anything else. And so why is this rahma? One of the reasons is you're getting an opportunity to see who you really are. You're getting an opportunity to see what you need to work on. Right? I mean, it's a running joke in our MSA that all of my khutbas begin with the exact same questions. What has changed? What has changed in the past year, in your relationship with Allah, in your relationship with your uh, friends and family, in our society, in our world? But why? Because one of the central functions of Deen is transformation. One of the central functions of Deen is change. And this especially applies now, and especially applies in this phase of Ramadan, the first 10 days, because now Allah Taala is giving you a chance to see who you really are, which then means Allah Taala is giving you a chance to see what you need to work on, and the most common issues in our community. Because I have, you know, I get privileged to see what goes on in many, many, many of our households. Uh, The most common issues in our community are the same most common issues in American society. So if I asked you, what are the big issues that people across America need to work on? One would be anger. Lots of anger problems in our society. Think of how much violence there is in America. And on top of that, lack of gratitude. Wealthiest nation in the history of the world yet. We have so much violence, and you can put those two together to speak of a very deep lack of gratitude, as well as sloth, as well as doubt, as well as chauvinism, misogyny, which misanthropy, whatever you want to call it. Um, those things you're going to see more of, especially next week. Next week, look for the things that irritate you. Next week, look for the things where you're putting limits upon yourself, like, you know... Yeah, I should get up and do this, but I just don't want to. So analyze yourself in this period. Thus, when we speak of the second phase as the phase of maghfirah, you are now getting used to the whole Ramadan routine. And now you have an opportunity to look at yourself honestly and see what do you need to work on. Of course, every one of us knows at least some of that list. And we'll get back to that in a second. I'm saying that list will become even more enhanced. And on a side note, if you're looking for drama and excitement, that's the funnest time to go to the masjid for tarabi. Uh, Because you have all of these aunties and uncles, especially uncles in the front rows, who are the most irritated at that time, and they, they get very animated in ways that are not the most Islamic ways. But my point I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, is in the next week, now you look at yourself and decide, okay, I have an issue with this point. I have an issue with this. I have an issue with this. And then what are we taught? That the last phase is when the gates of paradise are open to you. And the reminder of this is when the Prophet, sallallahu is on the night journey, and he meets Ibrahim, alayhi salam, and Ibrahim, alayhi wasalam, tells him, tell your followers that paradise is an empty field, and what you plant In this world, is what flowers on that side. And what is the lesson there? That I get out of my world, my dunya, what I put into it. I get, in terms of what I put into the development of my iman, I will get that in return. And inshallah, maybe Allah will give me more. But what I'm saying is as we are looking to the last part of Ramadan where the gates of paradise are open, especially the high point, Laylat Al-Qadr, which we can talk about when we get closer to it, inshallah, then what are we saying? We're looking to see what do we need to adjust about ourselves? What do we need to fix in ourselves? And then it goes further because you have the next 11 months until the next Ramadan, And what am I looking at? What do I need to change about myself so that when I get to the next Ramadan and go through this cycle again, I'm exposed to things that are even deeper. So I mentioned a moment ago that every one of us, we can make a list of some of the things we need to work on. But if I resolve those and I go through the next Ramadan, I'm going to start seeing things that are even deeper. And those things are those scary things we don't like to face about ourselves. But it's the same process, working to resolve those. In whatever various techniques, they don't always have to be within an Islamic lens. If, for example, it's anger or it's self-doubt or low self-esteem. And then you work to resolve those in your capacity and then you go through the next Ramadan. And then the next Ramadan. And imagine how different of a person you would be 10 years from now. If you did just a little bit of that, and this is the point, the point is transformation. Often what happens is, and all of us have seen examples of this, is you you see people who get more and more religious, and rather than transform into a super wonderful human being, The person who becomes more and more religious just becomes an exaggerated version of whatever they were before. So if they had a bad temper, their temper is even worse now. If they're lazy, they're even more lazy now. This is what happens when you have ilm, when you have knowledge, but you are not applying the knowledge. Then you're nothing more than a donkey carrying books. And so what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? As you go through the exhaustion of today that I share with you and the exhaustion of the next few days, next week... Take time to really analyze yourself, to figure out what you need to work on. And why do we say it's a moment of forgiveness? Because when you start speaking about transformation, the first step is to turn to Allah and seek forgiveness. So now, let's take a moment of forgiveness and ask from Allah. wa akhira da'wana, rabbil alhamdulillah. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. The other fun aspect of Ramadan is just watching how we individually and how we as a community go through these various energy levels. That you start Ramadan full of adrenaline and excitement, even if you weren't looking forward to it. Right? Uh, I had a time in a class some years ago where I asked the Muslim students, are you excited about Ramadan? And all these students raised their hands except for one. And I asked this one student, how come you're not raising your hand? Aren't you as excited as all your other classmates? And that one student said, no, they're all lying. Right? And so what I'm saying is that, yeah, on Facebook, everyone was posting in the last few weeks about how excited they are about Ramadan. It is not a problem if you were not excited. Because it's a big task. It's a big task that perhaps all of us have already gone through many times. Still, every year it is a big task. But it still begins with this adrenaline, this energy, that at this point in the month gets zapped away. And then this is how we are for quite a few days. And then energy starts returning because we're getting used to the routine. Our bodies are getting used to the routine. And some type of exhilaration begins to grow with us especially when we're together with others, whether it's in Jummah, or whether it's Tarabi, or Iftar, or Suhur, in those of you who, who do Suhur with others. And then you reach the high point, al-Qadr, and then the next day, that next few days, everyone's exhausted again, but then we get another burst of energy when Eid comes. So also explore yourself that way. The whole cycle that Allah Ta'ala puts you through, through this next few weeks. For me, as I get older, that's part of the fun of life. Part of the fun of life is just exploring what life does to me. Part of the fun of life is to see how I respond to life. Part of the fun of life is seeing how the people of around me interact with whatever it is that's happening to them. So far beyond earning money, far beyond all the other things of prestige and attention, those also have their value, they're not innately bad. But for me... The greatest fun of this type of stuff is the relationships. Our relationships with ourselves, with each other, and with whatever Allah Ta'ala puts before us. That happens in Ramadan more than any other time of the whole year. So, with that, I remind you of our model, the greatest of all the messengers, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And the simple translation it is Indeed, 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 Allah and His angels send blessings upon the Prophet. O oh, you who believe, send blessings upon Him. Inna Allaha wa mala ikatahu yusalluna ala nabi. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, sallu alayhi wa sallimu Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barak wa Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barakusallim. O oh Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and upon his family, and upon his companions, and extend the blessings and peace upon them. Rabbana Atina fid dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana, wa qina azab al our Lord, our Cherisher, our Sustainer, our Trainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. Ya Rabb, with this increasing amount of violence that is taking place in our society, including the violence that's taking place against our brothers and sisters in Islam and including the violence that is done by people claiming to be our brothers and sisters in Islam, please guide us away from all of that. Do not make us a test for those who have already rejected you. SubhanAllah, Rabbika, Rabbilizati, Amayasifoon. Wa salamun ala al mursaleen, wa Alamin. rabbil alameen. salah.